0: Welcome to the clubhouse with Shane Bacon. I am your host, Shane Bacon, and I told you we would try to get a second clubhouse episode up this week, and we got it with Julie Inkster, the Solheim Cup winning captain for the United States. Of course, this episode is brought to you by Ogio. I mentioned in the podcast with Brad Faxon that Ogio sent me this very nice mutant travel bag with the clubhouse logo on it, and I just wanted to repeat how great. It is. as a travel bag. You know, it's not easy moving around an airport with a big golf travel bag. That's why people ship them around. That's why people try to avoid it. But the mutant bag rolls with ease. It's light. It's comfortable. And it keeps your golf clubs safe and together. That is the key. You don't want your golf clubs to get banged up on the road, especially if you're going somewhere to play golf. The last thing you want to do is show up with a broken driver. The mutant travel bag will not allow that by OGO. If you go to OGO.com, right now and check out any and all of their products. You can use the offer code the Clubhouse, no spaces, and that'll save you 20%. Right at checkout, boom, 20% gone. Look at the Mutant Travel Bag, the Renegade Backpack. All the products at Ogeo are awesome, especially if you are a fan of light and easy to carry around. That is Ogio. Go to Ogio.com right now and use that offer code the Clubhouse. All together, that'll save you 20%. Talk to Brad Faxon about the U.S. Amateur. Now we get Julie Inkster to chat about the Solheim Cup. I love the Solheim Cup. It's one of my favorite events in all of women's golf, and really all of golf in general. It was a big event in Des Moines. They had hundreds of thousands of people come out and watch it, and I wanted to get Julie on the line. She, of course, was a little bit of a viral sensation with her drink cup that, uh, of course, made the rounds on the Internet, but also you know, wins another cup, and the Americans were really, really dominant. So a fun conversation, and let's get to that right now. And we welcome into the clubhouse someone that's probably had a lot more fun last couple of days than you and I have. Julie Inkster, Solheim Cup Captain, winning Solheim Cup Captain, and Julie, uh did you ever think you would become an internet meme like you did with the, the vodka tonic cup?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, what bartender actually put vodka <laughs> tonic on on the uh on the styrofoam cup? I didn't even know it was there. But you know what? we we won it was a time to probably have a celebratory uh, <laughs> cheers and uh, just happened it went went all out on the internet yeah, i'm okay well, with
0: it it went a little viral it was pretty fun i, I, I had a, i had friends that were texting me i mean i think you you know you're one of those universally liked people around the golf community to, be, to begin with but it was a moment, I think, and <laughs> it's like people that don't pay a ton of attention to golf or pay a ton of attention to women's golf were like, man, this person's awesome. <laughs> Getting these text messages <laughs> with pictures. Like, that's the way to captain a team. And, uh, and we were having a good time with it. We were, of course, doing the amateur. And all and everybody was all fired up. I was just telling you before we started it. We'd go, to, we'd go to Riviera and watch the Solheim for three or four hours. And then we'd go, all right, we actually have to do work now. We've got to go. We've got to do this USAM. But, I mean, how was the week? It was. I know, I mean, you guys got up to the big lead. You had that sweep in day one that really kind of propelled you throughout the week. But the week, I mean, you go straight from San Diego to Des Moines. And, I mean, you're basically flying in Sunday night. I mean, was it stressful getting there like that? I mean, did the week feel as normal as it did last time?
1: You know what, it actually went pretty well. Um, you know, I, I was pretty organized on what I needed to do um, that week and had it pretty mapped out. So when I got there late Sunday night, you know, I just got up Monday and, and uh, you know, we all met for breakfast and kind of laid out the plan for the week. And, you know, everybody was uh, really anxious to get going and get on the golf course and, and find out what Des Moines Country Club was all about. So it... It actually just felt like another week. Um, the girls played amazing golf. I mean, European side and American side. I mean, I think it was great for women's golf. Um, but I'm really happy we got to retain that cup.
0: Yeah, it was it was fun to see some of the teams you put out. I mean, when you looked at your team, you had, you know, Danielle Kang playing for the first time. And she's, you know, good friends with Michelle Wie. Did you think about rolling them out early? Was it something that they asked to play with? How, how do you make up and, and figure out exactly the teams that you're going to roll with throughout the week, and how much change do you make if something's not working?
1: Well, um, I want to get Danielle Kang out there um, early, because anybody that knows Danielle, she's she's uh, chomping on the bet to get to get <laughs> going, and I didn't want to sit her in the afternoon. I mean, I didn't want to um, wait to the afternoon to get her out there, so um, I got her out there early and um, you know, Paul is so good at alternate shot, um, I thought it'd be good to get her and Austin out there early also. Um, and then Angel Yen, um, you know, I didn't really she didn't really feel comfortable playing, um, alternate shot or or um force him. So um, I waited to the afternoon to get her out there. But I wanted everybody to play that first day. Um, and I thought it was great to, to get those rookies out early and get them accustomed to um, the crowds and the noise. Because no one knows how you're going to react when you get on that first tee. I mean, you can talk about it all you want, but everybody reacts differently. And, uh, you know, they showed up and they played, and, and uh, I couldn't have been more happy with my rookies, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, they played unbelievable. It was it was fun to watch them because it seemed as though, especially the young players, were so excited to get out there, but it didn't seem like they were overly excited. I think sometimes you see players get out, get out on the first tee and they're so nervous and anxious it's something they've wanted to do for so long. But it seemed like these these players, these rookies that had never done it before, seemed just as comfortable as somebody like Christy Kerr. Was there a player that you were nervous about maybe getting too excited or too up, or did everybody seem to be kind of on that page where they knew what they wanted to do and they just wanted to get out there and play golf?
1: Well, I think you know pairing uh, Daniel Kang with Lizette Salas. um, Lizette's very calm. Um, You know she's very into um, you know the task at hand, and I think she didn't really let Daniel get out there too much. She really kept Daniel, you know, on point on what we're trying to do. um, Alternate shot, and then um, pairing Austin out there with Paula. I mean, that was you know she. Paula really took Austin underneath her wings and um Austin just followed her around and um you know show Paula did an amazing job showing her what the Solheim Cup's about and also when you're on the golf course, you know, how to play as a team out there. And so I was really comfortable with um you know, then I had um you know, Christy and Lexi who have played uh in Germany together. And they they know each other well, and then um, Stacy and Jarena. So I felt really comfortable with my pairings. Um, my my first and fourth, you know, my second and third could have gone either way, but I felt comfortable that uh, with Lizette and Paula um, helping them, that um, because they're amazing players, uh, Danielle and Austin, it's just getting someone to um, you know kind of hold their hands and, and reel them in a little bit.
0: So are you going to apply to be on Dancing with the Stars? Do they have to approach you? I mean it it was it was every day on the first tee. It was pretty impressive stuff. I mean it I mean did, did you have did you have a, do you feel like your team gets sees you doing that and almost relaxes them a little bit?
1: Yeah, you know, um it's really nerve-wracking on that first tee and and uh um, you know, that's kind of the way. I'm kind of uh, loose, and and uh, <laughs> I don't really stress out a lot about a lot of things. But uh, that's kind of the way that our whole team was, and and our locker room was. And um, you know, I I know how hard it is to play in the Solheim Cup, and I know the nerves you have in the Solheim Cup, and so I just try to loosen them up a little bit.
0: Is is there like a moment where you know somebody like Michelle early in the week, you know, brings all of their american swag if you will you know the new shoes and and the things that they're going to have that are new that are that are made basically by their manufacturers is there like a reveal process where they're like look at these things that i've got because it did seem like everybody had you know they had the red white and blue shoes no matter what sponsor was and they had you know different things in their golf bags and head covers and all that stuff is is that something that is a fun part of it behind the scenes for these players
1: Oh yeah, Michelle. Every day she she'd come out, and <laughs> we were all wondering what shoes she's going to bring out. We really loved the bling ones. The, Me
0: too. The, uh, awesome.
1: Oh man, they were they were amazing. You we need a pair uh, of those. Yeah, <laughs> you look good in those, Shane. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, and and then you know Paula had her stuff, and Jarena had her stuff, and you know it, it's fun. I mean, I mean these these girls love this tournament. They love represent, re- representing the red, white, and blue. And I mean we had it all all week and uh it's pretty cool
0: so w- i have to ask about the whole lexi thing on sunday you know she goes out she's four down and you go talk to her a bit so what did you talk to her about on the golf course because as you've said to me before sometimes you know you don't want to go out there and mess with anybody when they're playing but you went out there and you grabbed her and you talked to her a bit and gave her a hug what'd you say to her and then what'd she say after kind of about the conversation that flipped that whole match around for her?
1: Well, you know, I just, you know, I know she hits some really loose shots, and whenever she hits loose shots, she gets really down on herself, and so I just went out there and said, hey, you know, you got to pick your head up, you know, I'm counting on you. I mean, I put you out here because, you know, I need your point. I need you, you know, give me a half a point. Just give me something. And I said, you know, you're a best player on this team. You know, you need to start playing like it. You need to start acting like it. And... uh I said, I have all the confidence in the world that you can do this. I've seen you make six birdies in a row. So just settle down. Just go about your business. I said, you know, you've got a lot of holes left, and the match can flip at any time. That's what I said.
0: And it did. Gave her a
1: hug, and, and uh, off she went, seven under on the backside.
0: Unbelievable. No problem. No problem. Oh my goodness, it was crazy to watch. I mean, it was. I was telling you, we were doing the amateur, and Josh Pick, the, the our one of our guys that does stats for us, he would hit me in my ear during the broadcast and go, Lexi's six under, Lexi's seven under, Lexi's eight under, and one break I went eight under where. Because <laughs> the back nine, I was like, "No way!" I mean, it was yeah, just kind of funny and, to get those updates. And
1: you, you should have heard the crowds, man. You could tell she was coming back, and when she, you know, when she got the, you know, she birdies ten, you know, three down, birdies uh, eagles eleven, you know, two down, and you could hear the roar starting coming back. I said, "Here she comes," <laughs> you know. So it was great.
0: Is, is there was there a moment, did Christy say anything to you, or did, when she realized that she passed you for all-time Solheim points for an American, was there any moment there where she came up to you and went, I got gotcha. you?
1: No, no, no. You know, if anybody deserves it, it's Christy. I mean, that girl, you know, you roll her out of there any time, and, and it's a shock if she doesn't get you at least a half a point. Um That girl is just born for match play, and she's born for the Solheim Cup, and believe me, she's going to tack on a few more points, too.
0: (laughs) Well, she was. I I really felt like it was the best I'd ever saw her putt. I mean, I know she's a great match play putter, but it seemed like that 8- to 12-foot range she was cashing the entire week, no matter if it was early in the round or late in the match, it it really seemed like, I would say, it was probably one of the best putting weeks that Christy Kerr's ever had.
1: Yeah, i mean, I'll just give you a little example. First hole, first match of the Solheim Cup, it's a kind of a little dog right, I mean, you can reach it if if he hit a good shot. Lexi Thompson just busts a three wood about fifteen feet away and Christy Kerr rolls it in, and said, Okay, let's get this thing going <laughs> and that's just the way she you know, that's just the way she is. I mean she I'll tell you her and Daniel Pang King putted great i mean i i mean i, I saw Chrissy miss one like maybe four footer but i didn't see danielle king miss any four or five footers i mean she putted amazing and uh you know an alternate shot you need someone that's going to roll in those three and four footers because on those greens you're going to have them all day long and uh and she did that so you know usually in the solheim cup comes down to putting and uh you know this year i think we maybe out putted them a little bit
0: Yeah, Danielle, I mean, I think, you know, when she won the major this year, you know, I think there was a moment, and you and I had a couple of conversations on the road about it, you know, she seemed like the type of player that you would want on the team, and I loved that... There'd be moments where, you know, her teammate might not hit a great putt or not a great lag putt, and they'd be frustrated with themselves, and Danielle just had a smile on her face. It was like, I'm good. You're fine. No worries if you left me five feet, and she'd go up there and knock it in. She seemed like the type of player that you'd want to have as a teammate, and I'll tell you, she has earned a ton of fans in 2017. I mean, it's definitely been the year of Danielle Kang
1: yeah i mean i just i just think it was big just um you know winning her first tournament- uh, you know k p m g in chicago um i think it was chicago yeah and uh whatever i mean she was you know in the last round um there were a lot of people around her, and uh i mean this really kind of told me to tell that she could handle the pressure and she went out and then won that thing and uh and earned uh that championship and um you know, I wasn't really, I mean, the only thing I was worried about Danielle is her getting too hyped up. Right. But, uh, you know, once I saw her on that first hole, first tee box, I just felt that she was going to be fine, and uh, she definitely uh, definitely nailed it the whole week.
0: I was going to ask you about the eagle that Lexi and Christy made, so, I mean, you already discussed it a bit, but when you saw that go in as a captain, first match out, of the first day <laughs> your, your first team goes and makes a two on the first hole for eagle what are you thinking are you going well this could this might go really well for us
1: well you know we got a lot of holes left but i like <laughs> the way we started i mean i mean god as a captain you can't ask for something better i was just like yes and uh and it just kept rolling so um it was it was uh you know it was just kind of the start that I wanted you know I wanted Lexi to get up there and bomb that ball and I wanted Christy Curry to roll that rock in and uh, they did it
0: well who was the team room MVP you know the person that made everybody laugh was was a surprise star behind the scenes uh, you know that maybe gained just maybe fans within the fans you know people in the room who was the who was the MVP of the week when you guys would go back you know to the hotel and, and meet up at night
1: um,
0: Besides, besides you of course
1: well, I—I I mean, you're going to kind of laugh, but Angel Yen was great. Uh, she, you know, she was an 18-year-old rookie, and I—I I think why she was MVP because she had no idea what was going on at any time. <laughs> um, she, she didn't know when what dinner was, when the bus was leaving. She didn't know what to wear. She didn't know what time to be anywhere. She was always late. I mean, she—but you know, it was pretty funny, and uh, so I—I I think we've probably got the most laughs out of her, um, probably the, probably the leader of the team on, on, on that week was, I would probably say Christy Kerr. She, uh, you know, she would get up and, and give some talks. They were all pretty bad, but she tried. <laughs> and, uh, and she knows she was bad, but, uh, um, you know, she, Christy Kerr has, um, really learned, um, how to be a great teammate and, uh, I could really see it the last couple of years. She's, uh, she's kind of taken the initiative to, to try to rally everybody together. So it's good to see.
0: So we, you and I have talked about um, the LPGA and how there's been this focus on going to smaller markets because, you know, the crowds come out. I mean, when you go to somewhere like Arkansas or, you know, Danville, somewhere like that, and, and these events seem like the, the, the fans come and swell out and, and build up. I've never seen fans at an LPGA event like they were out at Des Moines. I mean, how impressed were you by the crowds, by the support, and simply by the ticket sales? Because, you know, I mean, they're talking 150,000 people for the week, you know, coming out to the Solheim Cup.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a great venue for us. I mean, first of all, when I got there, um, you know, a couple years ago, I didn't really know much about Des Moines. I didn't really know much about the golf course at all. And then when I got there and and rode around and saw the golf course and their vision that they were going to have and how they were going to set it up and, you know, first tee, what it's going to look like, um, I knew that it was going to be something special. And uh, just by the sponsorships they had and and, uh, the, um, you know, the pre-tournament get-togethers, everybody really, really rallied around it. And then to see the people come, um, especially on that first tee on Friday morning, it was. It was. Uh, I think everybody was amazed and impressed by the job they did.
0: Well, you spoke after the Solheim Cup about um, you basically had a had a moment where you were talking about women's golf, and you feel like there sh- it gets shortchanged at time. I think your exact quote was, "As women golfer, we always get shortchanged, and it irks me." And I think this is something that. I don't want to say it's bugged you, but it's definitely something that's been on your mind for a bit. So first, I wanted to ask, why did you bring it up at this point? Was it just something you were thinking about? And second, can you expand on just kind of your thoughts and what you, where you think this is in the sense of you know, sponsorships and women's golf moving forward and what you'd like to see changed?
1: Well, I I think someone in the media brought something up about women's golf, and and then and then I went on my little rant. I just feel like um,
0: <laughs> I like that you call it a rant. I like that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I just feel like um, women's golf doesn't get the uh, respect it deserves. Not not, I mean, all over um, the United States. I just think, um, you know, how these a lot of these companies um, get away with sponsoring uh, men's tournaments and and not doing anything for the women when uh usually you know the women are the one that run the household and pay the bills and and do all that and um you know not only that but you know it's like um the PGA tour of the guys you know when when they win the president's cup and w- when they win the ryder cup you know all our girls tweet it out or instagram it out or or whatever and i just feel like You know, we don't get the respect from the guys that I think we we deserve. And um, it kind of bugs me because uh, we're huge supporters of the PGA Tour. And, um, you know, I think I'd like to see them support our girls a a little bit more. when uh,
0: When you watch something like the Solheim Cup, I mean, when you see, A, the fans, and B, the product, and C, how much fun the event is, you know, you're reminded every time. I mean, Women's golf just continues to get better and better and better, and the players are unbelievable. And, I mean, you said it. Lexi hits three wood on the first hole. It was 305 yards, for goodness sakes. I mean, it's not like it's a watered-down product, and it is a surprise that it it seems that it doesn't get as much fanfare these days as I'm I'm in agreement with you it should because it's damn fun to watch. The players are unbelievable, and if you go out to an LPGA event just for one day, I I would guarantee anyone listening that's never seen – uh, you know, the female golf professionally in person, it will change your complete opinion and thoughts on it because it's unbelievable to see.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's media like you guys and, and, uh, you know, the press and, and, uh, um you know tv and stuff that can really help us and showcase women's golf and you're right i mean it's it's not they don't hit it 220 you know they hit 280 285 (laughs) And, and yeah and it just i mean it's just it's just so much fun to watch and i just i get irked because i just don't think we get the respect that we deserve and um You know, I just thought it was a time to maybe step up and and say something.
0: Is there something that you think the LPGA Tour could do moving forward to help the product, to showcase it in different ways or, or to do something a little bit different in that regard?
1: Well, I'd love to see like a, um, you know, we used to have the old J.C. Penny and I'd love to see that come back. Where you put a um, PGA Tour and a LPGA Tour, and you have a, a an event, or um, you know, do something like uh, the uh, the USGA did at down at Pinehurst, play, you know, the PGA Tour um, maybe playing one week on um, one course, and then we play another course that's close by, the same venue. And, you know, we have back-to-back or or we have tournaments at the same time on the same um, venue but different courses. I mean, I think that would be awesome where you can come out and watch the women and the men play. Um, So, I mean, little things like that, I think, are something they can do and something that that they should do.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if you think back to Pinehurst when they had the, the U.S. Open and the women's Open the week after, I remember there was cameras, they'd be showing Martin Keimer and, you know, Ricky Fowler in the final group. And then they they'd cut to Michelle Wee on the fourth hole in a practice round, and I mean it was just just bringing that in was cool, you know. I mean it, we weren't seeing yeah. much of her practice round, but it was just knowing that you know one of the most famous you know female golfers on the planet's out on four grinding as these guys are trying to win a U.S. Open. It was neat to see it, like you said, it was it was kind of an interwoven product that I think could help, and and I love what you say about bringing back a team event like the J.C. It's it's fun to see when when we did that Franklin Templeton down in in Naples this past December. You know, it was the biggest group was Lexi and Bryson. I mean, that was the most yeah. followed group. That was the one that got all the press and the fanfare. And, and I think it's it's great to see that because you know Bryson DeChambeau said that comment at one point. He said, "I was walking up to my ball and I had to double check it to make sure it was was not it me or Lexi's?" <laughs> you know, I mean, you're playing from the same team. and I, I yeah. love those types of things because you do get to see it next, you side by side, great yeah. play between both uh, both people, no matter if it's male or female.
1: Yeah, you're you're exactly right.
0: Um, well, a couple more things. One is. I I was going to ask, you are around a lot of these young players and you got to spend a lot of time. Is anybody complaining about this dress code thing? Because it seemed like it just kind of came out of nowhere.
1: Um, You know, no one's really said anything to me about it. Um, You know, I I just, uh, you know, as you know, Shane, I I, I would never, never disgrace the dress code. (laughs) I don't think they were talking about me, though. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I... I think it's probably kind of a non-issue. I think people are gonna um, maybe just lower it an inch or two, but you know, I it, stuff like that, I don't really get involved in because it, it's uh, to me, it's not the end of the world.
0: Yeah, it's not the end. My other question is, and I'm sure you've been asked this before, I'll ask you again: Are we gonna see another Julie Inkster captain Solheim
1: Cup team? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll just see how it goes. I mean, I'm sure there's other people that should be able to do it. But I will be in, in uh, Scotland one way or the other, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's got to be one of those th- I mean, you spend – so when you start this captaincy for this past Solheim Cup, I mean, is it a year and a half out that you start to work on things and, and go see the venues? How much time goes into it? Because it's, I mean, I've been around you a lot this summer, and it's something you're constantly working on and doing is preparing for this. But, I mean, is it 18 months out? Is it two years out? I mean, how much time do you spend on this?
1: Well, I, I would say like um, 2018. Um, not not a lot goes on. I mean, I'll go over, I mean, whoever it is would go over and see the venue, um, check it out. um, you know, find out where we're staying, doing all that stuff, um, and then you know, maybe do the outfits at the end of 2018, and then really 2019 where it really ramps up. That's where, you know, the the points start shifting around because it's double points, and you know, you got to start, you know, thinking about, you know, um, you know who's playing well, who you need to kick in the butt, who you need to get going. Uh, so. Um, getting some dinners together you know practice round I I had one big practice round um, in Houston this year where I got everybody together for a couple days and that was fun so stuff like that it really starts ramping up and um, and then you know you know a few months out I mean every day it's something so but you know I had a really good working relationship with Chris Garrett who was a tournament director and and, uh, you know, we, we this is our second time around, so we kind of um, knew what to expect from each other.
0: Well, awesome. I appreciate you taking some time to chat. I know, uh, I know it was a crazy week for you. I'm sure you're enjoying maybe a little downtime right now and enjoying possibly a vodka tonic where the bartender doesn't write it on the cup. <laughs> but uh, great summer. We had a lot of fun together. It was a, it was a fun, uh, fun few weeks doing all those amateur events, and I know you're probably excited to take some time off. Are you going to be playing some golf anytime soon?
1: I'm actually playing Portland next week, and then I'm gonna <laughs> oh see God. you at the I'll see you at the Walker Cup.
0: Well, that'll be and that. Then, we'll, uh, Julie, I uh, appreciate it. Congrats! It was uh, it was okay. a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun to watch. I'm telling you, the uh, the Solheim Cup is is easily my favorite event uh, that, that that the LPGA puts on, and uh, and it was cool to see the Americans come out there and play that well. And I know that uh, that the, the players are probably fired up to to give you another one of those wins.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, Jane. Appreciate it. <clears throat> It looks like I'm
0: a wreck. It's in the hole. It's in the hole. Many thanks to Julie Inkster for hopping on. I know she had a busy week last week. She mentioned she's going to play golf next week as well, so a few days off. So thanks to Julie and congrats to the entire Team USA for the victory. It was a lot of fun to watch, and I can't wait for two years. It really is one of the best events in all of golf. Team events are just awesome. Every team event, I'm excited about the Walker Cup. September 9th and 10th, we'll have that at Fox. That'll be a great one as well. And just a reminder to go to OGO.com, ogio.com, and check out their entire line of golf products, backpacks, everything. I travel with my Renegade backpack everywhere I go, and it is awesome. Keeps everything safe, laptop, iPad, yardage book cell phone, sunglasses. It's got a pocket for everything. I've had the backpack for a few months and it is easily my favorite thing I travel with, the Renegade backpack. Check out everything. Use the offer code TheClubhouse at checkout. You'll save 20% on anything at Ogio, ogio.com. Trust me, you'll love the stuff they have and you'll improve your golfing experience. Again, thanks to Julie, thanks to you all for listening. We'll be back next week.